That has kept the ology after dark on the airwaves for over two years. You're the least creative person I know. How is that yeah. possible? <laughs> That's why I went to theology school instead. Friggin' confectionery conglomerates are shrinking the amount of M&Ms and Oreos in the packages and have been for the last five to ten years. Hot was the Pink Ranger, first of all. I think I, I think the I'm gonna say the um, Yellow Ranger, even mm-hmm. though I feel racist saying that. Um, <laughs> she, I always, I always thought she was really cute. Mm. Whose decision was it? Do you think to make the Asian girl the Yellow Ranger? Mm, oh. Harvey Weinstein's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wipe it on him. <laughs> Was he was he involved in this show in any way? Got a hand in it. I don't understand like movie studios enough to know who was involved in what. So no. I'm not sure who makes any decisions in Hollywood. To be well, honest, the original Power Rangers uh, was. I mean, was it produced in America? Was it made for American television? They they somehow were connected to like Saban, Saban, or some Japanese company. Yeah, or I don't think it, it somehow initially came out of not Nick Saban. The... No, it was Nick Saban. He was. Oh, it was actually <laughs> the Power Rangers. Man of many trades and <laughs> talents. Lo- loves jobs. Just does everything. Was it was it more problematic that the Asian girl was the Yellow Ranger, or was it more problematic that the African American dude was, yeah, the, it Black was the Black Ranger? Ranger. Yeah. <sighs> That's tough. Do we? Can we it really a, speculate? It was on a this different stuff? time. <laughs> it's a different time. Gosh, no! I disassociate. They were that. raised in a culture Same. where it was okay to molest women. It was just culturally right. Right. You know. Yeah, I agree. I stand behind that 100. percent What yep. Rich just said. Mm-hmm. So I had a I had a pretty huge crush on the Pink Ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a. Uh... <clears throat> did you draw any pictures of her? Oh yeah, I definitely did. Oh, really? <laughs> Your eyes lit up. <laughs> I was like a, uh, like a, I would when I was like a young teenager, I would make my own comic books. Yeah, you know, Christian comic books. Sure. And I think in one of them, the Pink Ranger had a cameo, mm-hmm. and like we were like love interests to each other. So, was yeah. it mask on or mask off though? Oh, mask off. Oh, oh wow. Oh. That's not as exciting as I thought we were going to go somewhere psychologically. Uh, Um. uh, Speaking of making your own comics, uh, I've been infatuated with zine culture lately, which is like basically making your own magazines. So so I've been like listening to a bunch of podcasts, but there's a huge overlap with like all these like kind of comic book makers who some of them have bigger contracts or whatever with bigger companies, but a lot of them are like really into the DIY culture of, you know, making your own published things. Mm-hmm. But you're kind of a self-publisher too. So I think it's kind of interesting. So are you that, here? The time is right for me to bring my Christian comic books bro, into the public limelight. I think if you, Dude, if you printed off a bunch of copies of those and just mailed them out to your real. fan base, those would be some no, for real. Pretty, That'd be insane. Pretty just, sought after. Just cultural like artifacts. just mail them out. Like just do like a you know minimum donation or whatever. Yeah. To Matthew Pierce 
Enterprises. Yeah, do you have a uh, nonprofit organization? <laughs> Call it Enterprises Nonprofit Organization. Yeah. Yeah. This was like this was like mid nineties. And uh I I would I think they were called Guardian. That was my Christian superhero. His name was Guardian. That's good though, dude. It's just That's like good a guy branding. that wore like blue pajamas with like a garbage can on his head because I couldn't mm-hmm. draw faces. And the faces are hard, yeah. He fought like the uh like the forces of Satanism. Which of you know, Satanism, not Satan. Satanism. Yeah, Satanism, yeah. <laughs> just the the, the worldview. <laughs> <laughs> Which at that time Bill Clinton was unleashing upon the American church, I was certain. Mm-hmm. We needed our own superhero. So did you exclusively fight Bill Clinton? <laughs> that would be a pretty awesome. I, I don't know how how uh, I don't know how Guardian would would uh, would transition into 2017. Mm. Well, it's the same basic premise as like the the kick kick butt movies um that came out uh i'll self-edit myself <laughs> but just the the D- diy Gosh, I hate you so much. diy guy that puts on the fake bas- bat- batman costume and goes yeah, and fights crime yeah it would be that but for for god i i really would like to collaborate on that i really think that is the future of theology after dark mm-hmm we scrap that and we just help Matthew just with his handmade hand drawn. Rich is a really good drawer. Books. Nobody nobody talks about that. Like I just <sighs> nobody talks about it. Rich doesn't even talk about it. I heard it I heard about it on one trip. Like in the middle of a trip we were taking to Springfield, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Rich let it fly that he almost went to art school. It's like what? I was, I was this close. You're the least creative person I know. How is that yeah. possible? <laughs> That's why I went to theology school instead. <laughs> So maybe he could draw faces. I don't know. Just throwing that out there, Rich. Can you draw faces? I can. I can mostly draw faces. I'm really bad at hands. Hands are tricky. Okay. What about like a? Uh, I'll just <laughs> pitch you something. Off have to, off the cuff. Yeah. I'll go go. You something, Rich. Yeah. Can, can we do like a uh, like a a comic like a like a Christian version of Suicide Squad? Mm-hmm. It's just all the. Um, all of the, uh, the the celebrity pastors who have gotten in trouble. I feel like you already wrote those stories. Well, the Expendables, but this could be a spinoff. Okay. So it's like right. with the Justice League and the Suicide Squad. A v- mm. visual, like, oh, the villainous one? <clears throat> a visual treatment of this where you've got like uh, Tullian and uh, Driscoll. Driscoll. And oh, they're the, teamed uh, up now? Yeah, they're all on a team. <laughs> and they have chips in their brain that will explode <laughs> if they go off script. But they all play by their own Who's rules. Who's in control of chips? Um, it's a pact that they made with each other. <laughs> they gave the power together to a computer, to an algorithm. I think mm-hmm. the, uh, the chips are controlled by Covenant Eyes. Triple X Church. Triple X Church puts together like a menacing squad. Mm-hmm. What? Are, how are, so they're villains or are they heroes? Well, that's the... They're oh come on! They're just another like it's not clear. Are they good or bad? Yeah, <laughs> that story's never been told. They're, they're villains with hearts, but they play by their own rules. <laughs> right? I don't exactly. think we've ever heard that story before. No, I'd, I'd watch that. Movie. They're they're conflicted heroes. They're, Ooh, they've got they have a dark past that they have they're to overcome. Edgy. They're edgy, but, Dick. Yeah, I've never seen. They that. only deal in shades of gray. I've never seen that until Will Smith. 
in Suicide Squad played mm-hmm. a completely forgettable character. Because <laughs> I can't my even favorite remember. Part of the I don't Suicide even remember Squad. what his power was. That was such a bad movie. My favorite part of the Th- Suicide Squad story is like all we heard leading up to Suicide Squad was Jared Leto. Jared Leto. He, Jared Leto's the Joker. Jared Leto's the he's Joker. Doing the, he's the Joker. He's and the he's, only one who he's could in have character. Done it he's pleasure. never out of character. He's like sending dead rats to his <laughs> castmates and all this really messed up stuff. But then in the actual movie, he only has like five minutes of screen time. Oh, it's so he like changed his entire life and ruined everyone around. And then, his but life. then he like leaked to different outlets. Like, yeah, it's BS. Like, yeah. I got I got screwed. They cut me out. Didn't well, leak all that. So they've said now that they're gonna in the next Suicide Squad movie, they're not gonna. He's not gonna have a part. <laughs> they're gonna recast the Joker. Wow. <laughs> Don't send dead rats to your yeah. Those days of Hollywood shticks are behind us, man. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Daniel Day Lewis and you can do whatever you want. Okay, which uh, which which Christian pastor or Christian celebrity would you cast as the Joker in the next? Damn uh, movie. Um, is there like a Christian word for like Joker? Like, is there a way that our person could somehow be like you know like the Sort of Christian version of the jester type. I, I think that's called a Matthew Pierce. <laughs> but if it was like, you know, during a important time in church history type character. So like, like how would this group organize itself? I guess I'm, I'm just getting interested. He's trying to get behind the mythology of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. What's our, well, what is it called? Is it called the Suicide Squad? What is well, it? Well, we'd have to change the name for, I mean, just for branding. Can we talk about some it's of the trademarks. ideas for names? Pretty sure. Is that t- too soon? My problem always is I go straight to like, what are Sanctified Squad. No, but I thought they're not sanctified. I thought these are the villains. Restoration. It's got to be something like restoration. Because by doing these doing these like crazy suicide missions, they're earning their restoration back. Oh, mm-hmm. dude. What's more Christian than, than, than earning yourself back in the good graces? <laughs> so the <laughs> repentance. Amen, it's brother. the repentance squad. Preach. It's the opposite of suicide. The repentance squad. Yeah. It but doesn't then sound villainous not at all enough, to yeah. me. Already. Um, Driscoll's first book. I think it was his first book. The Horror of Babylon Squad. <laughs> I think it, Driscoll's first book was the subtitle. I can't remember if it was the title of the book or the subtitle. Confessions of a Reformation Reverend. Yeah. He like made up that word, mm-hmm. Reformation. Missional. It's the Missional Squad. They're missional. Missional. And they go on missions? They go on missions. So it's a play on words. <laughs> missional. But missional was a made-up Christian word. It was yeah. like, gosh, it was so hot. It's still not a real years. word. If you type that into your word processor, yeah, it's it like you're dumb. Is... You're dumb. We're not. We're not capitulating. Microsoft Word is not capitulating to Calvinist Are you Christian. on mission? Mm-hmm. Are you on fire? Are you radical? <laughs> Do you have Jesus swagger? <laughs> is that a book too? Yeah, it's a book by Jared no. Wilson. Jesus oh, swagger. not Jared C. Wilson. The other no, Jared. The Wilson. other one. Hipster yeah. Jared. Guys. Jared. What what's the deal with the two Jared Wilsons? Uh, Somebody's got to change their name. <laughs> just we need more, not less Jared Wilsons. <laughs> I will not rest until we if, have more Jared. If you're out there and your name is Jared Wilson, even some variation of hear that. Hear this message. Hear this and get get famous. And Let's find some Jared Wilsons. Make just it as confusing ones. as possible. There's got to be a couple more Christian Jared Wilsons too. And if they are a Christian, Jared Wilson, thing I know about Christian people is they're dying for some online celebrities. So let's just get him up here. Yeah. But we need, so it has to be super confusing. So like 
we we need like a really conservative Bible thumper and like, mm. really have that oh, kind of. But then we need. Like, I think one the of the squads variations. in this story we're telling could be like, well, like they're not like they're they're like a middle character of gang, like like gang, and it's the Jared Wilsons, you know. Mm-hmm. Like so, we have the missional squad. Is there another well, one besides squad? That no. So with who are the the Joker's the, the the clowns? What's the missional men? What's what's the Joker's like minions? Uh, in that because you oh, sent yeah, me yeah. from the graphic novel, um, uh, the minions. Uh, oh oh, from Batman Beyond they were Batman called Beyond. the Jokers. The Jokers. They yeah, just called the Jokers. Yeah, with a Z. That's right. Yeah, which is very Christian. Did you watch Batman Beyond ever, Matthew? You were too old. Yeah, but yeah, I think I'm a few years older than you guys, so I was. I was, I was into the, the grown-up world of making my own comic books at that point. So Right, you'd moved way on. Mm-hmm. Now, the tricky uh, thing here is if we, uh, if we cast a, uh, a faith-based Joker, we obviously have to cast a faith-based Harley Quinn. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. We're in Whoa, good territory no, no, right no, now. No, no, no. <laughs> Tammy Faye Baker is Harley Quinn. I mean, no doubt, right? I mean, that's... Be, no makeup I gotta, I gotta no discussion. See the... No, I can see a comment about the shorts, but um, what's her name who played her in that movie? That was the only redeeming thing about Suicide Squad was she was great in those um, shorts for the entire film. Her acting was great. Oh, oh. <laughs> Very believable. Was character. her acting good? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that. I always like that Harley Quinn has that accent that is like nobody in real life has. Jokey. The 1920s flapper chick. Yeah, mm-hmm. I. Oh yeah, that's so funny. I was, I was the other day. I was, it was like late at night. And I was trying to do like the old like radio voice of, but I, I don't even want. I don't even know how I begin to do it. Now he really tries that impressions on this show. He really goes for Oof, it. Just, I don't know if I can do it. Like sell out. Do it. No, no, I can't. <laughs> now, now I actually can't. Come on, do it. Do it now. <laughs> I have to think of a phrase like reporting from. Hawaii, USA, a plane has bombed. You know, like that. You you hear what I'm trying to go? You for. went immediately to Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking of an event from that time period. That is mm-hmm. offensive to the Yellow Ranger. That is problematic. <laughs> oh. Hot cake, Matthew Pierce, no longer able to do a pot. Now I'm just. I'm just that's a, that's a little, I'm offended by that. <laughs> Uh, oh, man. So was I'm was sorry. the Pink Ranger hot because she was actually hot, or was she just no, the she was, only available female? To, to yeah, she was nice hot for sure. I mean, yeah. hot pink is a great color. I keep <laughs> trying to incorporate hot pink into everything I do mm-hmm. these days. So I, I think, yeah, that color is yeah. a powerful color. It was a 90s color. Suggested. She had like the 90s bangs slash mm. ponytail combination yeah. going on. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of the the Kelly Kapowski, like, oh, look, Mm. I'm wearing a shirt that doesn't go all the way down and my my belly is exposed, which never happens anywhere. I've never ran into girls that dress like that, you know, when I was a teenager in the 90s. But yeah, it wasn't as actually popular in the 90s as people think it was. But now that there's been that the comeback of like 80s fashion, like that teenage girls now do wear a lot of crop tops. Yeah, and it's it's confusing because it's kind of like it's like the caricature. You know, I'm gonna dress like I'm from the '70s. So I'm gonna wear these ridiculous bell bottoms and these you know, whatever. But it's 
most people didn't actually dress. Only the really cool kids were actually wearing bell yeah. bottoms. In the it's like a costume more than a actual fashion statement. Yeah, because if, if you're if you actually remember the 90s, it's like, yeah, nobody dressed like we, you know, everybody just dressed sort of like they were depressed. In the <laughs> Man, yeah. grunge, dude. Yeah, Kurt Cobain was <clears throat> a major the worst influence aesthetic. on Mall. Still is an influence on my style, I would say. See, Kurt I, don't remember, I don't remember that part. The part of the 90s I remember is like the uh, the late 90s where it was like everybody dressed in the old Navy earth tones. It was like Navy, olive, and khaki. Mm-hmm. Just different and everybody Old Navy was such a bad influence on American culture. <laughs> he was saying the color Navy, not the brand Old Navy. I thought you did say Old Navy. Well, both. Like, it's <laughs> like that, that palette of. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, khakis and kind of like beachy vibes. There was a lot of beachy vibes, right? Or is that always part of fashion? I don't know. I mean, like, I guess. I think you say by the bell. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of advertising during the summer of fashion. So that's probably when I. It's like new summer favorites. Mm-hmm. Old Navy, they really had a great marketing campaign, I gotta say. <laughs> That's really why I came on this podcast, was to right, get that Old Navy, Let's transition seamlessly mm-hmm. into a, uh, you know, because if there's one thing people come to Fun Sexy Bible Time for, it's to get their current events. Uh, mm. So, you know, fresh from the current events of the day, what do we do as Christians with the issue? of marijuana reform. Rich, I feel like you're the <laughs> resident expert on this. Am I the expert? Uh, I'll, I'll defer all comments to my venerable co-host. Okay, that's, a, that's fascinating. That's a fascinating mm. that, that we're dealing with now because, uh, you know, Jeff Sessions is looking at rolling back some of the reforms of the Obama administration as far as marijuana legalization and it's it's a tricky issue because i think a lot of christians are reticent to speak out about it because if you come out in favor of um you know decriminalizing it 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 has a stigma of well you support Mm -hmm. marijuana right and it's tricky because i would say if if there if there is any truth to the christian like leaning towards conservatism libertarianism i mean it would be if you're saying personal freedom, personal responsibility, you know, don't get the government nanny state out of my business. Most Republicans should, in theory, be in favor of, of you know, freedom unless, and everything. Unless it's bad for the kids. Unless it's bad for the kids. And so that's the family value side of it. Um, I think so just from a political standpoint, the two ends of the spectrum are like a theonomist. You heard that word before, like somebody believes the laws of Israel should be the laws of the nation and that, you know, to be a faithful people, we need to have like God's statutes. Um, And then there's the other end of the spectrum that is um, kind of Luther two kingdoms theory of governments that. There's two, the right-hand kingdom of, of, of God that really just encapsulates the gospel, and then the left-hand kingdom of the world that God is still sovereign over, but he's, um, you know, the, basically it's instituted to keep us safe. So it's, you know, that we need to have roads and infrastructure and those kind of things, but it's not explicitly Christian content. And so in the left-hand kingdom, it, there isn't a need to uh, – like legislate morality because that's not the function of the government 
underdog's purview. And so um, a lot of the the moral laws that we have passed aren't necessary from a Christian perspective. And those are the extreme ends of it. And I think that most people are probably somewhere in the middle. Right. And I would even push it back further. And where I usually go with like the marijuana argument is to like question the morality side, like the assumed sort of, okay, we all know that the only reason people do this is as a, you know, as something firmly in the category of, uh, recreational drinking type, you know, Mm -hmm. partying, getting wild. And I feel like that's pretty obviously associated with like cultural stigmas. So Mm -hmm. I think that to like in the cultural stigmas, it's really hard to parse out. Okay. What kind of is this cultural stigma sort of driven by, you know, obvious intuitions of humanity having familiarity with a substance like this, where it's really obvious that, you know, it has detrimental effects in some pretty key character, pre, pretty key ways. But then if you kind of look back at the history of that stigma and ask like what it's founded on, mm-hmm. you do see that it was, you know, the, there's plenty of statements by the guys who pushed the illegality of it in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, who, you know, there's a lot of racism built into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the primary arguments against it early on were it made black men rape white women it made mexicans you know crazy and violent and uh and so then yeah and and then it's weird that the narrative flipped 30 years later and then in the 60s and 70s it it's going to make everybody lazy it's going to make them disengage from society so i mean it's a really nice cultural scapegoat when you are trying to sort of take control of the moral conversation in america to pull something like this out it's a little bit of a unfamiliar substance i mean they didn't even know the chemical components the, the, of marijuana until 1990 in St. Louis at Washington University. Mm. They figured out the Shut endocannabinoid up. system and kind of how all that stuff works. So, yeah, so I think it's a really interesting con- – if anything, it's a, just a really interesting to like kind of hash out the plot points of you know marijuana in our age. But I coming from a conservative Christian background, but I, I talked to like – I mean, all of the megachurch pastors that I've known have admitted to me, like, tons of recreational drug use in their teenage years. Like, Mm. um, really conservative guys, guys who have huge conservative followings. So that was really perplexing to me. James Dobson right now? (laughs) Uh, I'm subtweeting Darren Patrick. Darren told me he smoked a bunch of weed back in the day. Uh, Tullian told me he smoked a bunch of weed and did. Acid. These Let's are the hot stop takes. Naming names, man. Jeez. <laughs> what? Do, oh, really? It's, I'm going to hurt those guys' reputations. James Dobson and only James Dobson. If you're not careful, you're going to hurt their brand, Jake. <laughs> uh, it was going to come out at some point. Probably wasn't though. Who else knows that stuff? But anyway, yeah. Um, so I don't know the state, but really, like, really, those are the guys who are preaching against it. I mean, those are the types of guys who are preaching against it. So it is really interesting that. Those substances were a part of their story, and yet they're just scrubbed out of it because of this moral question that has surrounded it. And it's like, it's why is naming names a big deal? What, shouldn't they be able to talk about that? It's more <laughs> taboo. Like, I think it's easier for someone to admit, like, I had an alcohol addiction than I have any history of, of recreational drug use. But, because that that's part of the black market. Right. Yeah. You're feeding the cartels. Yeah, I hate that sort of – it's like a false equivalency of – if you're, if you happen to be liberal on this, and, and what does liberal and conservative even mean anymore with things mm-hmm. like this? But if you happen to be for 
decriminalization, somehow you're you're supporting the drug, which I, I think that's 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 just wrong. Like you don't yeah. have to be pro marijuana to be able to look at the situation and say our drug laws are really destructive to our society. Mm-hmm. Um, and you always Agreed. have to put the caveat mm-hmm. in. Well, I'm not a pothead, but you know, or I don't smoke marijuana, but I think the drug laws need to change. You shouldn't even have to put that caveat in. You should just be able mm-hmm. to look at it and say, you know, we have a lot of people in prison right now for nonviolent drug offenses. And maybe that's not the best way to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe there's a different way. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, I mean, an issue that the church is going to have to really confront here in the next few years is, as that becomes more and more of a battleground issue. I think the church also needs to confront like a, a discussion of pharmaceuticals as well, which ties so tightly into like, I mean, how many pastors are popping, you know, prescribed tons of Xanax, tons of whatever, like stuff that really can mess with your brain. I mean, how yeah. many how many of our church leaders, we don't have any clue how many may or may not be addicted to opiates. But let's if make some assumptions. And just yeah. If there's a list of those as well. <laughs> I, I've done some research, but I can't actually share that yet. I'm part of a private Christian think tank that researches the drug use of American influencers in the yeah, Christian but in things that are The things we know about you, Matthew. Except things we know about you. It sounds a lot like you're talking about Jessica Thompson right now. Oh, Shout out. <laughs> we love you, Shout Jessica. Out. I haven't talked to Jess in a long time. Yeah. Um, mm. But the, yeah, it, it, we have to have a conversation about it that is. Do we? That is infor- informed by a reasonable discussion. And like, I have a, a buddy that's a pastor in Canada where marijuana is, is legal and. You know, whatever. And so like he has members of his congregation that um, are, are pot farmers. That is their occupation. They grow marijuana and then they tithe to the church and he has to make moral decisions. about Do I, do I accept this money? Do I, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, and how, like, what can that guy's standing be within the church? Do I put him out front? Do I make him an elder of my church? Like he is a faithful Christian man, but this is his occupation. And depending That's on how you stand on things. Yeah. I mean, so you just, our culture is going that way. I think that we are within, you know, a decade, I think at tops of, of national decriminalization. And yeah, so we, we just have to have those conversations. And, and there's definitely a residue, I think from the eighties and nineties in, in the church of if culture moves a certain way, almost reflexively, the church has to go the other way, mm-hmm. which I don't know that that's necessarily biblical. You know, just mm-hmm. the whims of the culture move away to one direction. We don't necessarily have to oppose that. We just have to look at, you know, what does Scripture say? What, what's the biblical right? Thing? What's the truth? Yeah. Uh, on the way over, um, I was going through a town, uh, Central or something. I don't know. It's just up the highway from where Rich is at, and uh, there's a church sign and it said "Resolve: Colon uh, If follow following God, obeying God, even when no one else." Is for God. I resolve to follow God even if nobody else is. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, it, it was just really interesting that like the message you're sending to the pastor buyers about the Christian faith is that nobody like expect that nobody in your world is following God. You're going to be the only one to follow God, like mm-hmm. that kind of mentality. So it it really seemed to capture the sense you were just talking about of that kind of mentality of, yeah, I have to be against culture at all costs. doesn't really matter. And at some point culture is defining you as much as 
you know, you're defining your yourself faith against is defining culture. You. Yeah, more exactly. Than your faith is defining. Yeah, it's, yeah. And I think there's examples of this. Uh, I mean, I'll give a couple examples to support that. I think you see it from both sides. I, I think, um, you know, like when one side latches onto an issue, there's just this reflexive opposition from the other side. I guess like maybe environmentalism would be a uh, an example of. I think liberals kind of grab that issue first and i think a lot of people in the church kind of roll their eyes oh environmentalism it's like well no that that's not necessarily bad just because the other side got to it first i mean that's mm-hmm. yeah you know, we should take care of the earth but well yeah if i created this for our good and we're meant to enjoy it and watch over it yeah i mean that that has some theological implications for, for sure how we should treat it the sucks earth. that you have to like break it down so much though i guess like because you kind of went to the you know, the, the seminary kind of, let's take it back. Let's walk through our theology piece by piece. It's like, no, just in general, shouldn't we celebrate a life that's less interesting and consuming and littering and like, just, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just, you know, like, shouldn't that be just a natural sort of outpouring of like what it means to love one's neighbor? If you kind of reduce Christianity to some of those, if I love my neighbor, I'm not going to pour toxic waste in the river. Right. Just to, and generally I'm probably going to say, Okay, yeah, government, government's there. I don't know. Maybe we need to regulate some of that. Hmm. Oh, Matthew, let's just build some oil pipelines. That's all I care about. Pipe, let's Please club baby. some baby seals. <laughs> let's send the club baby seals through the pipeline. For <laughs> just our own, for kids. Make a reality show out of it. <laughs> Call it's it the trifecta. Seology. <laughs> oh, how, how do we turn that into fracking, too? I guess the oil and the baby seal. I don't know. Can we, do we frack the baby seal? We can frack a baby seal. And I'm not just, you know, I'm not just dumping on, you know, classical evangelicalism either. I think, I think the progressive side does this too. It's just like a, a tribalism yeah. that's sure. infected, you know, American culture. And that I, I don't want to, I, I want my side to be right, you know, regardless of what the issue is. There are some really interesting conversations going on in this new Trump era. There's a podcast I've gotten into recently called With Friends Like These, and the host is a lady named Anna Marie Cox. And so she has on people, she is a a liberal, she identifies as a Christian. She became a Christian after, during her uh, addiction recovery process with Alcoholics Anonymous. And so, but she is very liberal politically and would probably identify on the liberal end of Christianity. But she has on um, mainly conservative guests whom she adamantly disagrees with and tries to have civil conversations and like, what can we agree on? How mm. can we build bridges? It's, it's a fascinating show, but she, uh, yeah. So she had on a conservative who is, is for, um, in environmental protection kind of stuff that, that got on board with, um, there is some kind of climate change happening. We need to be uh, out in front of it, mm. but there are, there are hardcore conservative and, um, and so there, there are solutions to the problem, you know, so on her end, she's pushing for we need um, more government involvement and we need, you know, the government should be the one on the forefront saying corp- limiting corporations. And he's saying corporations need to have the incentivized to be able to adjust to the rules and uh, do be able to innovate in ways that w- will help global warming and be incentivized by the government to do that. So, you know, she's placing the 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 solution on the government and he's placed the solution on the corporation and she's saying she doesn't trust corporations. He's saying she doesn't, he doesn't trust the government. And, and then by the end of it, they're kind of like, you know, but I, they, they, the 
bright spot is they say we could, I, both of us could be wrong and maybe there is some advantage to what you're doing and maybe there's some advantage to what I'm doing and maybe we can find a compromise, which is cool. Is the third is the third option just Alex Jones in the corner saying he doesn't trust the government or corporations? Yeah, we need a third way. <laughs> Don't Alex, trust anybody. Uh, he doesn't trust the build a bunker. lizard people. That has kept theology after dark off the airwaves for over two years. <laughs> That, was that is true, actually. Spot on, Alex Jones. Was it a conspiracy that kept off the air? Is that so. true, Alex? Yeah, Walk me through that. Marxism that kept the algae after dark uh, from the coming down from the Obama administration. <laughs> the high-ranking officials have told me in confidence that the algae after dark has pissed off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> has pissed off too many people in the Washington cabal. I love, I love Matthew Pierce. That got real detailed, real specific, real I quick. I thought Obama was involved. I couldn't put my finger on it. Damn. But because thanks, we were, Obama. Thanks, Obama. I've been sitting on the Alex Jones impersonation for about 20 episodes. Yeah. Waiting for, waiting for a, a co-host. Waiting for us. Oh, man. I could I could talk about Alex Jones for sure. I don't know what I could say. I love Alex Jones, even though he's kind of crazy. I kind of like him. He's, I mean, he's crazy crazy, but I, I do kind of. He's out there. There's plenty of people I watch and listen to just just to see Dude, how nuts they can get. I, uh, this, I agree with. I read this thing. I've been reading this. Uh, the Baffler. I don't know if you guys ever read that. It's it a familiar. it's a quarterly. It's really good. They got really good articles. Anyway, this dude the Tadler was the magazine the oh, in the sure. uh, Silence of the Lambs world. Wow. Anyway, uh, uh, this, <laughs> uh, Rachel Maddow. They were talking about Rachel Maddow and how like like this weird era of politics. You know, like they were saying how 20 years ago she would have been a, a raving lunatic conspiracist kind of like, like what do we in like that? Now she's the voice of reason. Now she's like the voice of reason. And, and it's just like, look, it was kind of, I think, emphasizing how far the, the Democrats had fallen. And I remember having a conversation about marijuana reform with one of my former high school teachers. And um, she goes, I watch Rachel Maddow every night and I just think you need to shelf that issue because I think we're looking at some real times of anarchy. And I was like, what? What? It just went so good. I'm like, I'm just talking about an actual policy that is politically popular and can easily be changed from almost any level of government. They can be smarter about how they're uh, complicit in the drug war. But I was like, lady, what did you just say? And I read that article and I was like, yeah, Rachel Vanna is a lunatic. And she is. So she's like, I, I can't follow that heightened level of like, anxious, you know, I don't know. I, I can't get, I, so I'd rather just listen to Alex Jones. Who's at least saying what he really thinks, you know, like just laying it out there. It's like a refreshingness to it where it's like, he's, he's not going, I don't know that maybe that's not the right, maybe it is. He's just refreshing to listen to somebody. Like you said, he's honest. He's saying what he thinks, man. Yeah. To himself. And you can disagree with it or think he's nuts, but it's, it's at least going to be, he's kind of, it is, and he's kind of mystical too. Like he's, uh, 
he's pretty mystical. He's got some crazy, like, spiritual ideas about, like, how the people are taken over and the interdimensionality. And it ties into, like, the pedophilia rings. And so there, there is this, like, there is this awareness of, like, you know, mass dehumanization that I think is actually strangely really wise in this age that, like, needs to probably be talked about. Like, let me tell you something. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Coalition, so called coalition, <laughs> is so an called. extension of the Knights Templar from the 8th century, and they're taking over the world. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that a, might be right. That's a fascinating that might be right. Heavy political territory. So what, I think the the issue that the, the true most important issue in America right now is that friggin' confectionery conglomerates are shrinking the amount of M and M's and Oreos in the packages and have been for the last five to ten years. What do we do about this, gentlemen? Uh, I think that. What if they're doing it because everyone's super fat these days? Is is everyone still fat? Is that yeah, is it, was it was it Giuliani that limited the the size of soda soda that you could get in New York? I just I, this is something I've noticed like over the past decade that mm. Oreos like every time they come out with a new Oreo flavor or package, it's, it's like shrunk by one row or column, however you look at it, of Oreos. Yeah, now yeah. it's like there's only like eight Oreos in an entire package. But the thing is, I I mean. They've, they've done tests and Oreos are as addictive as cocaine, like wow. in lab rats. Damn. And I completely confirm this because it, it doesn't matter. Because you did your own test. What size, bursting to make us obese. What size the pack of Oreos is, I'm going to eat, you know, the entire thing in one sitting. So true. it's better if it's a smaller package for me. I mean, just. But if you're doing cocaine while you eat the Oreos, your heart rate stays up. You burn the calories right off. Yeah. You shake them off. You just shake the calories <laughs> right off. And then you dance them off. Yeah. And then you clean your entire house. <laughs> That's meth, actually, you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, uh, is it somehow related to the uh, to the increased use of marijuana that are are, that are they trying to take advantage of the stoners? Well, you got to bring it back down. You got to so you get up, you eat the Oreos, and <laughs> while you're doing your cooking, <laughs> you do the pot to bring you back down. Oh man! Uh, and, and then you sleep really well. Yeah. Yeah. And you then you have Oreos to are away. really good. And it's a cycle because then the the pot makes you want more Oreos, mm -hmm. which then you have to do more cocaine. Mm -hmm. I've noticed M&M's just went through like a, an overhaul of their package. And now the packages are like stand-up packages almost. Wow. Vertical and not horizontal. And mm -hmm. See, I think we're talking – I think maybe we're in different M&M markets. Oh, that might interesting. be true. Because really they're going to – but w where do you buy M&M's at typically? Uh, black market mostly. Black market mainly, yeah. yeah. They've got some crazy stuff. In if you only buy M&Ms from Sam's Club, they yeah, come in pretty big packages. There's nothing but Walmart. Yeah. No, see, that that's where I've gone to Walmart and bought, because every now and again, I'll just get a bunch for all the people who work at the coffee shop. So I'll just buy like 12 packs of M&Ms. Well, one, one day I bought like 12 packs of M&Ms, and it was like a huge smorgasbord. There was literally strawberry M&Ms, mm -hmm. um, which was weird. Like, I didn't, I don't even know what was going on. I guess it was like a strawberry type chocolate type thing. Um, there was like how they know, infused like that cheesecake one, like yeah. like the diversity is like insane among M and M's now. The classics are have M and M's gone too far. 
You can go oh, online and you question. can have the M's subbed out for other letters and you can have like yeah. at your wedding with monogrammed M&M's essentially. That's, that's <laughs> taking it a step past it's consumerism. Uh, There's your capitalism. Can, for I you, get, can I get the strawberry ones that are yeah, uh, made sure. with my name? I doubt it. I bet those are too special. Can you get like a, um, can you get, is it just one letter per M&M? Mm. Can you get whole phrases? Well, on is it? an M and M on each M and M? No, just an M. Is it just one M? It's just one M. I, usually, they're gone before I can study them. <laughs> I have a raging addiction to. <laughs> I don't actually <laughs> look at the food I consume. Can you? Can you like? Uh, I, I'm trying to think of like. Can you get like bad words spelled on your M's? Oh That'd be yeah, fun. that'd be fun. You probably have to do one letter per thing. Can you do that with those uh, alphabet, alphabet soup and Valentine's up. hearts? Can you get like custom? You can get custom made Valentine's hearts fun too, and yeah. just put just racial slurs. Hush! No wonder we discontinued theology after dark. Rich has lost all control of himself. It's mostly like cracker would be on most of them. I the worst race. The, um, I want to get the, uh, the the Valentine's hearts and get lewd and like explicit. Right. I'd I'm like to just have them sent to like mega churches. <laughs> the conversation hearts. Yeah, you could you yes, if what you're asking is could you print John Piper tweets onto those hearts, then yeah, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> what was the tweet of the year? Can we talk about that? The tweet of the year, um Sexy Stones? I haven't memorized. It was the one about Sexy Stones. Yeah. Sexy Stones? It doesn't need to be memorized. Sexy Stones! That's all you need to that's know. That's the takeaway. What? What was it, Rich? It was something like, uh, out of these stones, God will raise up children for Abraham. And then, like, political stones, wealthy stones, sexy stones, blah, 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 yeah. blah. I, who knows? Why who sexy, knows though? That, like, maybe yeah. attractive? But it's the metaphor is not black and white enough that you can just be like, oh, okay. Like, you're just naming off what are categories of humans or something? Yeah. But sorry, I don't. I, sexy is a category of human. Don't we know it? it? Don't we know it? Pink Power Ranger knows it. <laughs> Pink Power Ranger knows it. <laughs> I was always a big fan of the Green Ranger, just to bring that back around. We didn't mention him. I like the color green. Yeah, green was yeah. my favorite. What was his ethnicity? Ethnicity. He was like Indian, Native American. Huh? Tommy. I mean, he had a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs>